Well, if you're happy, you know it, say amen. amen. If you're proud to be an Arkansas redneck, say amen. 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 Well, welcome to the post-Easter service. No, it's too late to act like that now. No, 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 no. I heard y'all pack this place out Sunday. Resurrection Sunday, that's what we call it. Resurrection Sunday. Wasn't God good to you? I know it's probably like was at home. We, we, we had so many people, we had to put chairs out Sunday. But we always put chairs, no, we always put chairs out. We, we don't have pews. <laughs> but uh, we did put extra chairs out. Um, but you know what happened Tuesday night, last night? When all those guests and people from out of town weren't there, almost made it look empty. And, uh, you know, sometimes that service, after a big service, can be a little bit of a lull. And then, of course, your pastor's not here. Um, so we got a couple strikes against us tonight. But you know what? We ought to just shock the devil. Go ahead and throw protocol out the window. Have church anyhow. What do you say? I wish you'd lift your voice one more time. Just like it's Resurrection Sunday. He's still alive. He's still alive. Somebody give God a shout of praise. Praise God. God bless you. Well, you may be seated for just a minute here. Let me get my, my bearings. So thrilled to be here with you tonight. And uh, it's always neat to come back and see who's new and who's still here. <laughs> and uh, it's an honor to be asked to stand behind this sacred desk, uh, especially to fill in for your pastor. And uh, I, I know it's an honor to... Because he takes this very serious. Y'all probably knew that already, though. <laughs> Church is kind of his thing. And uh, to be asked to fill in when he's gone is a high honor. If I was third or fourth on the list and the others couldn't come, please don't tell me, okay? As far as I know, I was his number one choice. If that's not true, don't nobody tell me. Don't, don't, don't tell me if that's not true. I swear, okay, thank you. I was hoping so. But it's our honor to be here, and uh, I'm so thankful. I, I was thinking, I don't know of a church that's had more of an impact on our church in Houston, though most of y'all have never been there. Uh, but your pastor and this church has been such an inspiration. And I find myself call, always kind of comparing and, and, and in fact, your, your pastors helped me in so many ways and so many times, even this year, decisions that I've, I've made and uh, love him. It's, it's almost not fair to come all this way and them not be here. It just, I just, but it is what it is. They need to get away. It's good. For them. He don't get away enough, and uh, I'm glad they get to get away. Thank you for letting them get away. And for all those people that found out he wasn't going to be here and didn't come tonight, when you see them, just stick your tongue out at them, okay? Tell them Brother Green said that was okay one time. So, so good to see Brother Aaron and Tracy slip in about 45 minutes late tonight. It's always, always good to come back and renew your membership. I, I just asked if y'all still went to church or you backslid, and they, they said, well, we don't know. And he walks in and starts messing with the air. First thing, I said, you know, typical saint. Walk in, start just pushing buttons on the AC unit. We got those in Houston too. <laughs> yeah. Let me guess, you're trying to fix it, huh? Yeah. That's what my people say too. <laughs> I'm teasing. Isn't God, isn't God good to us? How y'all young ladies doing? Now, how is this supposed to work? Y'all facing this way, and y'all, now y'all better keep y'all's eyes up here, okay? Don't even look over there tonight. Same goes for y'all too. You better be looking right up here, okay? Don't even, 
I guarantee you they ain't wearing deodorant. They probably ain't brushed their teeth. They're just nasty boys. Going to look at them. <laughs> hey, I drove by that church. It's coming along. Man, I'm telling you what. Isn't that going to be good? God's good. God's good. God's good. Thank you, Jesus. Would you stand? Would you stand? Matthew chapter number 6. Now look, let's make a deal, okay? Let's make a deal. I will preach really, really short tonight. If you would tell Brother Motes, it was really, really good, okay? Had a deal? Had a deal? And somehow we can just erase the tape or cut the camera off, whatever. He'll won't, he won't be able to go back and watch it. So I'll be really short. You'll say it's really good. And everybody that wasn't here, they really missed out. And uh, that's a deal. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Glad to have my wife and uh, our chaperone with us, Kip. Appreciate her so very, very much. Thank you sincerely for all the prayers uh, for our work in Houston. God has been so good to us. We have uh, pretty much filled up our building. And so uh, we're looking about like y'all on a smaller scale. And uh, we're just a step behind. We ain't found our building yet and y'all building y'all's. But thank you for your prayers. I'm going to tell you what. People want to be loved and have somebody preach truth to them. You don't have to complicate this thing. Love them. Preach to them. Preach to them. You've got a wonderful preacher for a man of God and an outstanding first lady, and you know that. I'm not sure where the boys went wrong at, but Brother and Sister Moats are so... Where's, there he is, holding a baby. All right, practice. All right, that's good. Matthew 6 and 25. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them, are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? Why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do notice the Gentiles seek. That's what their mind is on. For your heavenly Father knoweth, he knows already. You have need of these things. They're worried about things God's already got under control. He said, but you, but you seek ye first. Not the Gentiles, you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things that they're worried about shall be added unto you. Don't get it out of order. Seek him and then all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. I want to talk for a few moments tonight about the jar of life. The jar of life. Father, we love you. I thank you, God, for a wonderful church body that's gathered here tonight. I ask you again to anoint these lips to speak, God. Help me, God. Give me acceptable words, Lord. Anoint our ears to hear your voice, Lord. God, anoint our hearts to receive your word. We will give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen.
before you're seated tell somebody you look like a million dollars can I get 20 of it <laughs> well you're glad to be in church are you glad to be in church thank God for the church Thank God for a safe place. I want to tell you tonight, if this is your first time to be here, you've walked into a safe place. This is a place where truth is preached. It's a place where the anointing flows. It's a place where souls are saved. This is a place where the weak come back and they find strength, service after service after service. The bound can find deliverance. Lives are touched. Our children can be saved. Thank God for a safe place. It's not just a church. It's a safe place. Don't ever underestimate the value of a safe place. Thank God for a safe place. Your marriage can find help. Your home can find help. Thank God for a safe place. Don't miss out on coming to a safe place. And we are in perfect order to run because this is a safe place. It's all right to shout. It's all right to dance. It's all right. I know a man used to run the backs of the pews. Well, it better be the Holy Ghost is all I'm saying, but he apparently was. I watched him do it. That's all right because when you understand where God brought you from, and where you are, this is a safe place. But I've come to tell you tonight, there's a whole lot more to living for God than owl running. Whole lot more to living for God than tongue talking, shouting, dancing. Luke tells us of a time when Jesus entered into a ship. The Bible said, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. So tonight, this is my ship. And tonight, I'm going to slow down. And we're going to teach for a few minutes. So if you want to run the aisles, you've had your chance. And if you don't feel like you've had church unless you shouted your hair down and all that, well, we'll give you a minute here at the end of service to do that. But we're going to slow down for a minute and just talk about the things of God and teach the word of God. Jesus did it. I said Jesus did it. Let's talk about some biblical principles tonight because that's what's going to keep you. That's what will put meat on your spiritual bones. When the word, amen, comes, when the shout is gone and you don't feel like owl running and the pastor's not in your face pushing you to grab a tambourine and shout, you better have your feet planted on the solid rock called the word of God there's some things you've got to know more than a feeling more than an emotion your feet must be planted on a solid rock it's the word of God amen so tonight we're going to talk about life brother if I could have a little bit more out of, out of here I'd appreciate it we're going to talk about life and how to live saved in a lost world. This is simple. It's almost so simple, I'm almost embarrassed to even bring it to you tonight. But I want to do my best to help you. The young people, new converts, whoever you may be, I want to help you. And what I'm going to show you tonight Maybe you've seen or heard before, maybe various versions, but kind of the idea has been around for a long time. But this is my personal 
version that I do. But what I'm going to talk about tonight applies on a daily level. We serve a daily God. This is a daily walk. Give us this day our daily bread. This is a daily thing we're doing. But it can also impact the span of a lifetime. If each and every one of us could grasp the concept I'm going to talk about tonight, it will change your life forever. And I'm talking about simple, but so profound. So I've got me my little piggly wiggly bag. Some of y'all don't even know what that is. Anybody know what this is? What? Container? Cup? A what? Tupperware. That's a married man with kids. <laughs> Three stooges all looking at each other like, I don't know. Hey, you boys got to train them better. I don't care if you pass this here or not. I want my title up there. The jar of life. That's what this is. I feel a preach coming on. I was going to be sweet, but you three in trouble. Don't you try to rein me in, Sister Green. I'm feeling something getting on me. The jar of life. Can you type it? What's broke? The screen of your head. Come on. The jar of life. Yeah, had to swap chairs. Move. I think they know the title by now. This is the jar of life. I know you probably expected it to be different, but tonight, this is it. The jar of life. Some things I want you to notice about this jar. Number one, it represents your life, okay? <laughs> Told you, simple. <laughs> you misspelled jar. <laughs> Just kidding. I got you. <laughs> he was looking. This right here is empty. Kind of like Philip's love life. It's empty. It's just nothing there. <laughs> As for what you wanted to say and didn't say. All of us are born looking like this, empty. Just an empty vessel. But as you grow and as you go through life, it begins to fill up. Some good. Some bad. Some things on purpose. Some things on accident. It's going to fill itself up. But we must be careful what we fill it with because it matters what we let come into our life. Because what you let come in will have an impact on the rest of your life and your eternity. And some of you are in trouble because of what you've let in your jar. But we understand that the number one thing to add into our life is God. Nothing else matters. It's not relationships. It's not social status. It's not money and fame and wealth and popularity. We've got to get God inside. If you get nothing else in life, you better get God inside of you. If you die a broke man, but die full of the Holy Ghost, you're wealthy in the eyes of God. You better get you a prayer life. You better get the word of God deep inside of you. You better get full of the Holy Ghost. I can see Sister Green's on a conviction. She just left. 
So, I know what this is. No, it's your prayer life. Man, you're. You might know what that is? No, it's the Word of God. You might know what this is. No, it's a golf, it's a ping pong ball. <laughs> so, Pastor Moats has been preaching and teaching prayer, Word of God. The kingdom of God. So we've got this life. One, you only get one life. We filled this life up with the things of God. And man, we're happy. Mom and dad's happy. Pastor's happy. Life is just kind of coming along because I'm consumed with the will of God. And I'm submitted to the agenda that God has for me. And that is on a daily level. Prayer, the word of God, submission to God. We don't submit every other week or every other revival. We submit, Paul said, I die daily. What I do, I'm doing daily. I want to make sure, I want to make sure every day, every day, not every Sunday, but every day, That my life is filled filled with the things of God. Then on a uh, lifelong pursuit level, amen, we are consumed with the work of God. I want to throw this out there tonight. Uh, Paul still said, uh, whoever you believe wrote Hebrews, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. I want to tell you what. It's vitally important to become a part of the church of the living God. And to be here every time you can. Come to every prayer meeting. Come to every midweek Bible study service. Come every Sunday morning, every Sunday night. You've got to be connected with the body of Christ. I know, I know it's not the case here. They say everything's bigger in Texas. Well, (laughs) I hear some of the biggest dumb excuses of why I can't be in church. I know y'all don't do that, okay? That's why your pastor ain't got no gray hair. He's just, I mean, he's living the easy life. I understand that. But please understand. I don't have time to teach you about the spirit of the Antichrist that doth now work. The spirit of the Antichrist wants to belittle the value of what's going on right here. And when you put friends and family and social things and finances above God, you're not seeking. You're not seeking first the kingdom of God. Hey, you've got to be connected to the man of God and the people of God. You can't be a hit and miss Christian. So, well, I'll, I'll, I'll just stay home. I'll just stay home and watch online. That's like staying home and watching somebody else eat a steak in a fancy restaurant. Pentecost don't work over a screen. So I can just go home and feel God in my living room. It ain't like being in the atmosphere of the people of God. You've got to be connected. And when you miss church, you'll never relive that service, friend. You've got to be here every time you can come. Get your jar full of the things of God. Paul said, but now are they many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. And so Paul likens us to a body. The eye cannot exist if it's removed from the body. The foot cannot survive if it's removed from the body. You and I cannot exist if we're removed from the body. I'm sorry, but I need you and you need me. And we all need each other. There's something vital about coming together and connecting ourselves together. 
Somebody shall praise the Lord. I got to remember, I'm supposed to be sitting down on my ship here, and I'm not. But some folks wonder why they can't make it. Some folks wonder why problems persist. Why, why can I be happy like they're happy? Why can't my family be like their family? Why can't my life look more like their, their life? Well, I just can't seem to get it going. Well, I'm glad you're here because I'm going to tell you why that is. Because in life, I guess I should have had more pride and got a better carrying case here for this. Anybody know what this is? It's gravel, rocks, pebbles. This represents life's responsibilities. House, job, you know, you got to survive, got to have finances, you need a roof over your head, <laughs> kids, more kids, oops. <laughs> In-laws. <laughs> That's the gravel in my shoe. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm teasing. Whew, I tell you what, between God and life, I'm busy. I'm, 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 I'm trying to live for God. Got all the ping pong balls in there. and My job's taking so much time. I'm trying to put back for some retirement trying to provide a house better house for my family I'm I'm, I'm trying to take care of, uh, of my brother's kids because of problems in their marriage and, and I've got this and, and, and all these things pulling at us and that's okay that's called life my heart goes out. I was even watching tonight some of these moms trying to worship God and, and rattle a kid's cage at the same time. Can I help you parents just real quick? This has nothing to do with my sermon, but it sure does feel good to say. I've got two things in my life that I volunteered to have that I will never wrestle with. A dog and a kid. And both can have their chain yanked. And they both go, ow! And you know what? It works. <laughs> I tell my kids, I didn't, Kip knows, I didn't have you to wrestle with you. Now, we may get in the floor and wrestle, but I'm going to tell you what. I can look at that dude and his lips start quivering. That didn't happen by going and getting in timeout. And that didn't happen because I said, Kip, I'm going to count to three. One, two, two and a half. Four. Hey, mama, you ought to train your babies. When we go to church, sit down, be quiet. Mama's got to get connected with God. Our life's going to drive you crazy. You can't have church because your kid won't act right. You better bring something to church and make them act right. <laughs> No, no, I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth. You know why they don't act right at church? Don't preach my sermon. Spoken like a true mama. I got a friend that he's got a big old dog and he asked us to house sit it. Going to pay my daughter to house sit it. And I watched him put that dog on a leash. And I mean, he, he gets that leash connect, connected and he's... Whoa, 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 whoa. I said, man, what are you doing? You outweigh that dog two and a half times? Give me that leash. Watch this. Let him go. Make that dog do that. 
I said, watch this. Grab that leash real tight. We're going to walk. And that dog just. <laughs> My wife's like, he can't breathe. I said, when he wants to breathe, he'll back up. It's called tough. It's called tough love. You got to teach them babies who's the boss, who's in charge. When I say sit down, you sit down. Or you won't be able to sit down. Why am I all? No, no. I knew I should have brought a stool to sit on or something. No, that'd be too charismatic. I'm, I'm, I'm off on things I don't need to be off on. But I'm talking about life, the gravel that can make you just stress out. And then... Guess what else? Sand. I'm a sand man. Guess what this represents? All the beaches in Arkansas. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is not God, nor the things of God. It's not gravel, the daily affairs of life you cannot ignore. This is the stuff that you bring into your life you don't have to have. Cell phone. Boy, I'm glad Brother Moat's not here. He'd be sweating bullets right now. Don't you make a mess on my pulpit. Going out to eat. Sorry, can't come to revival. Me and my wife haven't been on a date in three years. Well, why are you picking tonight then? Sorry, I can't come to church. The fish are biting. It's sand. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about things that are sin. I'm talking about things you don't have to have in your life. But it's okay to have it. Go hunting, go fishing, go, go shopping, go, 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 go enjoy life, okay? This is not some cult where you can't breathe or live. You've got to live. Don't neglect God. Don't neglect your marriage. Don't neglect your kids. Don't neglect your bills. But it's okay to live. A little sand is all right. I can't get a lot of sand in there. But that's okay. Because I got a lot of ping pong balls. And I got a lot of gravel. So, well, okay. Won't be a vacation this year. And so here's our life. It is full. God. Life, personal wants. My point tonight is very simple. Notice the order it went in. The ping pong balls, the gravel, then the sand. What happens if you start with the sand? Some of you ought to know. <laughs> Tell us about it. What happens if you start your day off with sand and then try to take care of the gravel and you find it 10 o'clock at night rolls around and you're looking, oh my God, I, I ain't got one ping pong ball in this jar. I'm talking about the jar of life. I'm talking about the order in which you live your life and you get in trouble when the main thing's not the main thing. You get in trouble when you don't fill your life with God first and then add responsibilities and then add life's enjoyments. When you do it backwards, you've got no room for God. So here's the question. Pastor, How much sand can I have and still be saved? 
How much of this can I have in my life and still please God? Well, I don't know. Let's look at your jar. It all depends how many ping pong balls do you have in there. How much gravel is taking up the space the ping pong balls leave. And that determines how much sand you have. But if you don't have a jar full of ping pong balls, you don't need to be trying to worry about how much sand you can have. Because you know it dictates the sand, the ping pong balls, and the gravel does. God and life determines how much sand you let come inside your life. Then there's one more element to add or that you could add. Water. But I know what this represents. Sin. The things you don't need. The things that the pastor takes a stand against. And people say, that is so hard. Why can't we go there? Why can't we do that? Why can't we be involved with those activities? What's the harm in that? Well, the problem is, when you start adding water into your life, It pushes the wrong thing out. It's not a matter sometimes of, is this a sin? That's the wrong question. The question is, what is this going to push out of you that needs to stay in you? I don't want to make a, a mess here tonight because I'd like to come back someday. But if you shook this jar and started squeezing it just a little bit, right there, what? another one, boom, boom. It won't take much of a shaking and much of a little bit of pressure. And the main thing starts popping out and overflowing and falling out. There's some things, young ladies, the pastor's going to take a stand against. Not because he's mean. Not because he don't want you to have a life. It's because he understands if you let that in your world, it's going to drive God out. There's some things, young men, that mom and dad's going to say, no, not in this home we don't. And you don't understand it. You think they just don't get this generation. What you don't understand is... There's some things you bring into your life you won't want to pray. You don't want to read your Bible. You don't want to go to church. It's pushing God out. There's some things that God cannot coexist with. You've got to make up your mind. There's some things I don't want in my life. I want to keep God in the jar. I want to keep my prayer life. I want to keep my love for my men of God. I want to keep my love for the things of God. And this will jeopardize that. I don't want it. How much of this can I have and still be saved, Pastor? Why are you even asking that? If it's going to put your walk with God in jeopardy, why do you even want to flirt with that? You list this preacher tonight. There's some people you don't need in your world. They're going to push God out. There's some things you don't need in your home. Oh, I feel a meddling spirit getting on me. 
the world we live in, how do you control every aspect of this? What do we do? Get a list of websites you can go to and those you can't? What do we do? This is, come on, this is 2023. It's not easy pastoring 2023. I've had to do a lot of soul searching, a lot of praying about some things. But I'm going to tell you one thing I'm starting to preach. You know what? If you'll hate this the way God hates this, you ain't got to nail every little website, every little thing. You don't want this in your life. If you get people to love God and hate sin, they'll get some convictions. They'll get some grit. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. We've got to train a younger generation. The world may make it look cool, but if it's going to jeopardize your soul and rob you of your love for God, you don't want it. You don't need it. Get rid of it. Why can't I have that? Because you can't keep a prayer life in that at the same time. Well, I think I can control that. Uh, are you sure? Is it worth the risk of driving God out? And this is why some of you are sitting here tonight. I'm through teaching. I didn't go into preaching. Amen. This is why some of you are sitting here tonight. You can't get your act together. You're struggling. You're up one down. You're down the next. And you're, you pray through and you can't keep the victory. And you're up and down, in and out. I'm going to tell you why. Because you, you, you keep putting things in the jar. It's driving God out. If you'd wake up every day and say, all right, God, the ping pong balls are going in. The gravel's going in. Maybe a little bit of sand. But bless God, one thing I'm not getting is the water. I'm not letting sin come in and rob me of what God gave me. Get you a prayer life and keep it. Get you a Bible and read it. Get you a man of God and hold on to him and don't you let go of him. Wise Pastor Motes preached so much about prayer, 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 prayer. Because he knows in shaky times we're living in. You've got to keep the main thing the main thing. I taught this at home some time back. And my sweet wife grabbed a jar. She took some of Kip's ping pong balls for a good cause, I guess. And you walk through her immaculate living room and dining room you see it sticks out a jar of ping pong balls most people don't understand why that's downstairs it's a daily reminder when I get up what's in the jar today when I wake up tomorrow what's going in the jar are you more worried about your social media account? Listen to this preacher. Are you more worried about your social status than you are the ping pong balls? Are you trying to put the sand in and fill it with gravel and try to squeeze the ping pong ball? I'm sorry, God. I only got time for maybe a ping pong ball or two at most. It don't work that way. He said, seek ye first. Seek ye first. Put God first. Not your job, not your house, not your family, not entertainment. Put God first. Put God first. Put God first. That's where your joy is. That's where your peace of mind is. Don't you ever get mad at the man of God trying to keep water out of the jar. You better thank God for a pastor in your life uh, trying to keep the ping pong balls in there first. Uh, trying to preach the, the sin out of your life uh, and tell you to clean your life up. Uh, clean your home up uh, and watch what God can do. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Let's pray. Come on. Oh, let's pray for just a second here. I'm almost done. Come on. 
Be seated. Come on, musicians, please. But that's what the world doesn't understand. Listen, folks. Your coworkers don't get it. Your, your lost loved ones don't get it. What are you doing? Man, get the gravel and the sand in there. You believe in God. He's a distant ping pong ball on the horizon over there. They don't understand. That's not how this thing works. It ain't me first. It's him first. If you ain't waking up every day, if you're not going to live in your life, put the ping pong balls in there first. You've already proven to the world and the spirit world who's number one in your life. It ought to be God. It ought to be God. It ought to be God. The will of God and the work of God and the ways of God. that and that's why hell don't want you coming to church because you rub shoulders all day every day with a sand first generation and so you need to come back to church where the man of God has to kind of Refute all the pressure that life put on you all week long and say, no, 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 no. Get the ping pong balls in there first. Keep the main thing the main thing. That's why hell don't want you coming to church. That's why the devil don't want you coming to church. That's why your migraines only come on Wednesdays. That's why you only feel tired on Wednesdays. That's why you can't get on with your spouse on Wednesdays. He don't want you coming to church. Because he knows the weaker that you get, the more sand and water he'll put into your life. But when you come to church, the psalmist said, my feet had well nigh slipped. But finally, I made my way unto the house of God. And a man told me, this is the way. Walk ye there in it. He wants you distracted. He wants you to walk in tonight. You try to kneel down to pray. You're fighting with kids. Worried about what's going on that don't really matter. Can I say something real quick? This right here is a lot of politics too. I'm sorry. I'm on a new kick right now. You can't change what's going on in America. You're not going to rewrite the Bible. Quit wasting so much of your mental energy on things you can't change. I tell you what you ought to do. Go find you a lost soul out there. You can affect them one life at a time. Quit trying to change a nation and go change a soul. Go reach a family. come to church and get down to pray and all you can think about is politics all you can think about is that game you played on your iPad for three hours today bless God we ain't got Hollywood in this home yeah but you'll waste five hours on the internet (laughs) 
Some of y'all looking a little sandy out there. <laughs> but you come to church and the Holy Ghost and the Word of God has wiped the dust off, the sand off your feet. Leave the gravel at the back door. It'll be there when you leave. But if you don't get this in there first, oh, that's going to drive you crazy and you're going to die lost. You've got to keep the main thing the main thing. I started a series last night at home called The Anatomy of a Failure. We started off, it's a four-part, going to be a four-part series, and we start off with the feet. You've got to make sure you're standing on a sure foundation. I took some red tape, and I put it on the ground, and I had Kip come up, and I said, okay, Kip, I want you to walk on that tape like it's a balance beam. He just, he walked right on there and stopped and counted to three and took another step and counted to five, and it was no big deal. And then I took a four-by-four post, and he stood on that four-by-four post, and another brother and myself picked that post up. And he, boy, he was wobbling, and his mother was praying. He was shaking, and she was stammering. (laughs) And what was crazy is the red tape was actually more narrow than the four-by-four. You cannot, you cannot forget to turn your phone off. You cannot, (laughs) that's okay. We had that happen in our church too. There better not be none of y'all that happens with. Y'all got cell phones? Y'all scared to, hey, y'all scared to answer. (laughs) Did you see this? I'm kidding. No, 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 I'm kidding. That's, that's, y'all's, I'm, I'm not, that's y'all's business. But the reason some people are so shaky and so wobbly, they just can't get it together, is their found, there's something wrong in their foundation where their feet are planted. And I didn't mean to say all this, but I really feel this, and I'm, I'm done. Sometimes, listen to me, sometimes before God can save you from yourself, he's going to strip you down all the way to your foundation. I know what I'm talking about. There's been people that's lost their marriage. And then threaten to or even lose their kids, lose their, lose their job, almost going to lose their mind. But God's had to strip them down till the foundation was sure again. And God, just like Jeremiah and the potter's wheel, and then build them back up. This, this preacher, some people will never be saved because their foundation's faulty. You better make sure you get this right. Then add the gravel. Then add the sand and keep the water away. And if you do these things, you're not going to fail God. Hallelujah. Would you stand and lift your hands to the Lord as they begin to sing. I'm, I'm through. Come on, would you lift your voice to the Lord? Oh, somebody talk to him right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you want to come around this front closing and make some commitments, it's it, the altar's open right now. Come on, if you've got too much sand, if you've got some water you need to get rid of, come on, now's your opportunity to come pray. Let God add the career. 
let God give the marriage. Just put God first. Let God add into your life. I know you're praying. Let me say something. Listen to me. I know you're praying. There comes a time, though, when, 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 when the word, the word's got to pierce through. I want all you young people listening, listen to me. I cannot get away from this. Parents, parents, listen to me. You better put this in your babies. My God, through the Holy Ghost right now. Put this in your kids. Your focus is not relationships. Not a college, a career, it's not money, it's not people, houses or lands. God, God. Because God can order your steps better than you can. God can put a life together better than man can. Your life is like a rose. God's going to unfold the rose. But if you start putting your hands all over it, it'll fall and break into a thousand pieces. Hear me, young people. Hear me, new converts. Hear me, young married couples. It's not too late to start. You've got to make sure God is first and foremost of every part of your life. And when that happens... You'll see God in your marriage. You'll see God in your kids, your home, your job, your finances. God can bless every aspect of your life.
you let stuff come in and push God out, then it's up to you to pave your own way. And you cannot do it as good as God can. Come on, dads. Come on, dads. Let's teach these boys. It's God first, son. It's God first. Mama, teach them baby girls. It's God first, God first, God first. It's the work of God. It's the kingdom of God. You love the man of God. Love the place of God. Love the people of God. You've got to be God, 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 God crazy. Then you can pray, God, order my steps. Order my steps, God. Lead me and guide me. And God can let your life unfold to your beautiful story. Come on, one more time. Let's, let's talk to him. Sing it one more time. Come on.